welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Life on the Frontline series. Some of you may know me, some of you may not. Um, I'm Sam, I've, got, um, I've been coming along to Locking Castle for kind of several months now. I have a wonderful wife, Hannah, and two gorgeous boys, George and Tommy. Seen them just sneak out a minute ago, and we feel really at home here. Um, and it was a real great honour to be asked to speak this morning. So, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> so, over the past few weeks, we've been exploring our front lines. Each one of us has a front line, a place where we regularly meet and spend time with people who don't yet know Jesus. It doesn't matter our stage in life, whether we're at school, at uni, in a full-time job. Whether we are a full-time parent or retired, we all have a front line. And we are the church, whether we are gathered on a Sunday morning like this, or if we are scattered out on each of our individual front lines. Coming together strengthens us and equips us to go into all the world and make disciples, which is something that all of us are called to, not just a select few, not just you know, people that are paid to do it or have a, a particular role or a title, but we are all called to make disciples. So today we're going to look at how our front line shapes our prayers. And what better passage to base ourselves in than the Lord's Prayer. Jesus' teaching on how to pray is one of the most well-known passages of Scripture. It's amazing how many times you can be sat in a service at a wedding or at a funeral and and the Lord's Prayer is read and everyone is able to join in. Even those who may not have an active or profess, profess to have faith, they can, everyone can join in, even with slight variations of thine or yours or whether it's sins or transgressions, but everyone can join in. And that really gives me confidence, knowing that people, even those who aren't necessarily have faith, know how to pray. That even when things are going wrong, uh, you know, there was a statistic that I heard that around kind of 90% of people profess to pray that you know, even if we're not necessarily ha- have, have faith, people will turn to prayer even in the darkest of times. So whilst we've been preparing, for, whilst I've been preparing for this, I've been reflecting a lot on my own front line, and there have been three key things that have stood out to me from this passage. Firstly, we need to look up. The Lord's Prayer opens with a single line that is easy to bypass as simply of being a way of addressing God but it contains so much depth. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first word is instantly subversive. In our culture that promotes self as the most important thing, it goes against the grain to recognize that it's not about us as individuals. It is a simple admission that pulls us out of focusing solely on our wants and needs and feelings and help us recognize that we are part of something bigger. This recognition also brings hope. When we feel alone or in a situation that is too big for us to handle, we know that not only is God with us, but we have a community around us who can help us and support us through it. So when we are praying, we first need to look up and recognize who it is we are addressing. He is our Father. This imagery can be difficult for some who have been let down by earthly dads, but it is supposed to speak of a close and caring bond of someone who always has your back and wants the best for you. Someone who rejoices in your successes and puts an arm around you when things haven't gone quite as you'd want them to. God cares for and loves each one of us deeply. 
He is able to be fully present with us all the time. Not just giving us a small bit of attention and getting distracted by something else, but he's been able to be with us all the time. And it is this level of intimacy that is then put next to God's place in the universe. He is in heaven over all things. He's in the seat of power. And we have an intimate and caring relationship with the creator of all things who has the power to provide all we need and equip us for all, th- all things, everything he calls us to. And his name is to be made holy or hallowed. Now for the Jew- original Jewish hearers of this, this, to keep God's name holy would have conjured up two key ideas. Firstly, that God would be shown as holy at the end of time. But secondly, that keeping God's name holy meant living rightly now. So this, this entryway into prayer would have both had a, a bigger view of looking towards a hope for the end of time, but also have a practical application for us now. And we can see that second part clearly when we look at things kind of around PR. You know, the actions and comments of company employees rep- reflect on the reputation of that company. We might even say a company or a person has made a name for themselves. And this really reminded me of what Tom was saying right at the beginning, that we need to lead questionable lives. We should be living in a way that prompts questions. Why do you do it? Do that. Why don't you get involved with this? When we pray, we change our perspective. We begin to have our vision changed and we're able to see things, people and situations as God sees them rather than seeing them through our own lenses, which can be distorted by our own fears, anxiety, or sense of inadequacy. We see things for what they are and for what they could be. Rather than seeing people through distorted lenses of anger, prejudice, and hurt, we see them as people created and loved by God. So firstly, we need to look up to orientate ourselves around God and how he views the world. Secondly, we need to look wider. The next line in the Lord's Prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this teaching on prayer comes as part of the Sermon on the Mount, a big section where Jesus lays out what God's kingdom will look like. And it's a topsy-turvy kingdom, where the first will be last, the least will be the greatest, where we should turn the other cheek rather than retaliate, a kingdom where we should not where we should go above and beyond what is required and standards um, are, are raised to focus not only on our actions but also on our motives. So you think of the phrase, you, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, whoever has anger in their heart is liable for judgment. And it is this kingdom we are called to pray into our front lines. God's kingdom isn't just about seeing people come to know him and being set free from their sins but it is about all of creation being redeemed. This widening of seeing our front lines as places for God's kingdom to be established will also impact how we pray. And it's impacted how I pray on my front line. So I work for an IT managed service provider based in Bristol. So we're a a small IT company. We do IT support for lots of businesses around Bristol. So, you know, computer goes wrong, printer goes wrong, they give us a call and that's what I do. So one of the biggest revelations I've had about my frontline is that God knows more about my job than I do. <laughs> He's better at IT support than I am. He, he knows how to fix printers, how to you know, 
work out all the problems. Um, and he knows it better than I do. And for me, that was a, a massive revelation. It sounds, almost feels a little proud to say, you know, oh, well, I can do it better than God. But <laughs> for me, that, that, was, that was huge. And it's widened my perspective on what, I, on what I pray. So now I've started praying before meetings and project planning sessions for God's will to be done. And it's changed how the meetings have gone. It doesn't mean that blinding light and smoke have filled the meeting room and the manifest presence of God has descended with all the directors throwing themselves to the ground crying, what must I do to be saved? Although that would have been awesome. <laughs> but what I have seen is difficult conversations going smoothly, technology being used in a way to support people, removing fear that can come when new systems or change happens. On your front lines, it may mean praying for school policies to change, for resources to be fairly effectively fairly and effectively distributed. It may be praying for safety of, of kids playing at school, or it may be play, praying for peace over the palpable tension that is an Audi shopping queue. Bringing God's kingdom also means us, means us encouraging activities that align with kingdom values, even if they aren't linked with the church. So this could mean giving a voice to someone who's too afraid to speak up. It might be standing against practices that are legal but not necessarily ethical. It might be listening to someone who is often dismissed or including those who are left out. It was great a few weeks ago to hear Mark share about his work um, working in health and safety in, in the workplace. And what really struck me was that how something may be a legal responsibility and requirement but it's how you fulfill that requirement that can really usher in the kingdom. By treating people with dignity, care, and sensitivity, it lines up with kingdom values. So when we see our, our front lines as places to bring God's kingdom, it widens what we pray for and what we see as answers to prayer. The final thing that really stood out for me was that we need to look deeper the second half of the Lord's Prayer focuses on the realities of our lives, the nitty-gritty, our provision, how to deal with relationships, temptations, and threats. And I've felt particularly challenged by this. When thinking about my own front line, I realized I didn't really know how to pray for my coworkers. I could pray for them in a general sense, but I didn't really know what was going on in their lives for me to pray deeply and focused on those things. For me, this has partly been because since the pandemic hit, I've been working remotely. The rest of our team have, have since over the last kind of year or so moved back into the office. But for me, being an introvert and also um, some difficult life situations have meant that actually it's been easier for me to stay at home. But recently I felt challenged to get into the office more, to take part in my frontline more, to build those relationships that you can't build over a Teams meeting or through an email. And it has also changed the way that I view my work. My workplace, being my front line, is no longer something that I see as something I just do to earn money that gets in the way of doing the stuff that God wants me to do. But my workplace is where God wants me to bring his kingdom. We need to participate in our front lines. And we need to be there and show up. So to sum up, the Lord's Prayer calls us to look up and reorientate our view off of ourselves and onto God and who he is. It widens our perspective 
to see his kingdom and purpose done in our lives and on our front lines. And it also calls us deeper to look and fully participate in our front lines. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.